in terms of a satisfaction rate, it's we do make a very good chicken cutlet and you put some good chicken cutlet with some good sauce, it's gonna lead to a high satisfaction rate. But, um, you know, in terms of like how to do that, it's, it is so hard. What's up, Zach Oates author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, a customer experience and marketing platform that gets you more reviews, more feedback, and more revenue. Want to learn more? Visit OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give an Ovation. I am joined today by no newbie to food. His grandfather opened the famous Zara's Family Bakery in New York City in 1927, uh, where he actually worked, not ironically, until he started Cutlet Sandwich Company with just honestly mouth-watering sandwiches. These things look so good, especially the ones you got a little bit of sesame seeds on top and these unreal chicken. Um, it's, they're, they're, they're amazing. So uh gotta go he's been featured by zagat forbes dozens of others of publications uh this guy is all over the place richard zaro thank you for joining us on given ovation my man <laughs> thanks zach i'm you know excited to be here i enjoyed meeting you out in vegas we had a good time out there and listening you talk and i'm excited to be here one quick note actually my great-grandfather started in 1927 so it's one 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 more generation deep on uh, holy cow and did your did your grandfather and father also work in the bakery? Yeah, so my grandfather ran it, um, you know, for a long time. And then my dad and my uncle ran it together for a long time. Um, and then I was there with some cousins, and I always kind of wanted to do my own thing. So, um, you know, I left to, to kind of work on work on cutlets. So, talk to me a little bit about cutlets. What what is it? Why is it different? And how is it so good? <laughs> I, I mean, I hope I hope it's so good. But what we're trying to do is, I grew up in uh, in Westchester, and there in in the tri-state tri-state suburbs. I always call it. There's a certain sect of deli that's like like very similar to a regular deli, but it's a little bit Italian centric, where you have really good Italian bread, you have great chicken cutlets, which you know don't seem to be a thing outside of you know the Northeast region. Um, and it was you know it was like the bodega on the corner, but just a little bit better. And what we wanted to do is kind of take that that essence of the deli that I grew up with and simplify it, um, you know, source it with ingredients that, 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 you know, had some integrity to it. Um, we wanted to make as much as we could in-house and, you know, we want everything to be real food. And that's, you know, the trend that we see throughout the industry. And we wanted to apply that to sandwiches. And on top of that, you know, be really tech forward, um, be yeah. branded, be, have a great in-store experience. Um, all those things, but that's what we're really trying to do is, you know, recreate the tri-state suburban deli in a, in a more modern way. So you're in the restaurant right now. What percent do you, what percent of your sales are, is dine-in versus to-go? Yeah, I was actually talking about this with a colleague yesterday and we, we uh, did out, I mean, we're really at like probably 35 to 40% in-store slash catering. Um, and then we, of that, next 60 percent it's probably about half and half our our website and other third parties got it and are you are you uh in terms of like the catering is that something that you've seen coming back yeah little by little i mean we didn't start offering it till march you know like we did some catering orders but we didn't really have a platform for like our march of 22 um yeah 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 this year um and now we're somewhere really investing in summer we'll see it take a hit and you know we've seen it grow month on month on month but it's still not 
where we think it could be. Um, and that's definitely something has to do with New York City and, and where the office where the office capacity is at. And I don't know if that's changing anytime soon, but mm-hmm. we we are excited about the catering side of our business and are working to grow that. Yeah, it's interesting with this whole work from home and more flexible workspaces, right. catering business has really need to evolve a lot, right? And totally. and there's been there's even been some people that have said that there's there is no need for the rest of the world uh, for there to be more office space built. That like yeah. with, with the current work structure, that the office space we have is going to fill capacity for the next hundred years. Especially in New York, you know, I, you know, yeah. maybe some up and coming cities will need to build a building or two, but New York, especially, I, there's not, there's no chance, you know, there's, there's too much. It, it's unbelievable. Nobody's really, everyone goes in two, three days a week. Offices are going to start to downsize yeah. once all these, you know, once this 10 year cycle of leases that was done before the pandemic, however long these are, a lot of these offices are going to change up how they do things. And it'll be interesting to see how Midtown gets repurposed. Um, because there's there's definitely a challenge there, and you know I saw that with my family's business as well at at Zaros, there was really commuter based, and and a lot of people coming in and out through Grand Central, um, you know that's taken it. The, Metro North ridership is still fifty percent down pre pandemic. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, and that probably directly correlates to offices, which you know is is definitely the the market for cutlets as well, and especially catering the catering side of that. So you know uh, New York Midtown definitely has has some things to fix. Adams is doing a great job trying to get people into the office. Um, he's had a big initiative on that. But, you know, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people who work in, in, you know, companies based out in New York City, whatever, and that nobody wants to go to the office. You know, they're, that's definitely not how the employee sees it today. So actually, Mayor Adams and I uh, met each other there at the New York Food Expo. Oh, yeah. Couple months back, yeah, we got it. I had because my dad uh, played for the Giants, and so I had one of his, one of his Super Bowl trophies. Love and it. so I, he he tried on the rings and held the trophy. We took a little little uh, photo op together. Anyway, he was a very nice. Oh, cool. But, so one one thing that I got to ask, chicken is something where you know the the price of proteins is always kind of crazy, right? But chicken especially has seen some crazy swings. And yeah. kind of getting some whiplash after like the after beef went crazy expensive and then the, the surge to poultry. But then from poultry, then it was like, all right, now everyone's got to go to chicken thighs because breasts were getting so expensive. Um, and yes, chicken, the- I mean, we have gotten I'm not going to lie. We've gotten killed on that. I mean, our chicken from where we were 10 months ago, we were at 239 a pound for the same chicken that we're getting now. We're up to 485 on that same no chicken. No way. The switch, we really like what we're using, um, but we are looking at alternatives that that meet the same criteria. Just, you know, it's, it's chicken has gotten crazy. We can't double the price of our sandwiches, right? Um, you know, we're buying 1,500 to 2,000 pounds of chicken a week. It's, it's it, it, you get killed by it. And uh, look, it's not just chicken either. It's canola oil has gone crazy. I mean, olive oil, all oils have gone crazy. Um, bread is starting to see a spike because of, you know, flour is starting to go crazy. It's, you know, I know everyone's raising prices and the customer has been really good about reacting to that. When we added a small price increase, we didn't get any um, pushback and we might even add another just because what else is there to do? Yeah. Um, But, you know, I don't know where this world is going. Chipotle bowl in New York city. If you get guacamole, you're at $17, you know, it's, yeah, it's really nuts. It's really nuts. 
Oh my gosh. We actually just cut avocados from our menu because, you know, we we don't go through enough avocado to be buying in huge bulk and we don't buy in the bulk that we're buying. It's over $3 an avocado. And we were at like 131. We were just seeing too much waste with it. And we said, you know what? Let's get better. You know, we we can always get better in terms of getting things correct, keeping our, we want to keep our menu as simple as possible. And we even want to get simpler. Um, but just cut out avocado. It's, let's, you know, we can keep it simple without avocado. For now, it's a cogs killer. Let's let's move on without it. Um, and, that, you know, that's, Richard, that's, that's a really interesting point because I feel like there's a lot of companies that we've been working with lately who are looking to to minimize their menu, but it's like, it's hard to, it's hard to take the knife to a menu, totally. right? You've got some emotional sales when you, when you get rid of that skew and, and whatnot that you're not getting back a lot. Right. Of so, so how did you decide like avocado? That's an interesting one. Why avocado? Like what, what was your process of going about saying, this is what we're going to cut? It was just, you know, we were doing an ingredient review. Um, one of my, you know, one of my operations guys and I, and, and how often do you do that by the way? What's that? How often we're do you do that? Like once a month. Um, just to see how prices are trending. And, you know, we saw where avocados have gone the last two, three months. And honestly, that's one of our bigger, It you know, one one of the more often complaints we get outside of delivery on Ovation is they ordered avocado and we forgot it. And, you know, I said, listen, we're throwing too many out because they go bad. We're forgetting it too many times, you know, even 10% is too many times. And it's it's gone so high up in price, we have to charge 225 for it to make sense. Um, and then, like, then it kind of seems like they're like you're gouged, right? What's that? I said, then it kind of seems like, oh, they're gouging us for these avocados. Right, exactly. And that's not, you know, we, we're trying to keep our price the best we can. I don't want to be an $18 sandwich. You know, I never wanted to be that. But it's tough. It's really tough, especially doing the quality that we want to do and, you know, sticking to the ethos that we have or towards towards ingredient sourcing and, and who we want to be as a company. We have to source a certain way and it just the numbers are what they are. So one of the things that I've seen, especially with chicken, I'm sure that maybe you would have uh, called, you know, at least limited poultry if you weren't called cutlets, you know, you kind of in a kind of stuck there with that, with that ingredient. Right. But right. With, with chicken and uh, especially chicken breasts, I've seen some people that have gone to kind of the, the really large chicken breasts and then especially nowadays they get every now and again, you get like a woody chicken breast. The woody breast. I was just had a conversation about this a minute ago. Not many people know about the woody breast. And I love that. I love that. You know about it. So we actually, when we first started, we used Allen's chicken, which is ABF chicken um, from Pennsylvania. It's close. It's, you know, pretty good. Then it was coming from a bird that was like five and a half pounds. And we would had a lot of woody breast issues. So then we moved to Wayne farms, which comes from a much smaller bird and we don't get, the woody breast issues because it's not, I guess, you know, the way the way it's grown um, doesn't lead is, isn't conducive to that. And we've stuck with that since. And that's the chicken that the price has gone much higher on. Um, and we've been reluctant to switch, especially because of that woody breast situation, because it's it's like the customer isn't really, you know, educated on it. They don't know what it is. Right. And it makes you look pretty disgusting. And Allen's, we're having too much issue. So we're talking with another farm, Freebird, who I think we're about to switch over to. And that's a really well-known, reputable farm. Um, and they are coming from a bit of a larger bird, but every chef that I talk to tells me that the instances of woody breast are one in a thousand. So we're hoping that, that, you know, this is much less of a problem than it was with Allen's. Um, but we're, you know, we're going to save almost a dollar a pound 
I hope I hope my suppliers aren't listening to this, but we're going to save almost a dollar a pound on on chicken, and we just have to do it. And also, Freebird is pretty one to one in terms of quality um, that we're receiving now, so it's a no brainer for us. Yeah, because it's just one of those things where even when you get you know woody chicken breast and super common, but depending on where you get your chicken from, you know it could be one in 50, one in 100. But right. like, still, when you get a bite of a woody chicken breast, and there's a specific chicken restaurant that I'm not going to mention by name, but I have had probably one out of five sandwiches I got from them was a woody chicken breast. And so yeah. I stopped going there, even though I would too. Right? Even though their yeah. chicken sandwich was like phenomenal. And I there's can't... nothing wrong with it, but it's one in five is too much and tells you about the quality of, plate of chicken that they're using. Yeah. For sure. and, Exactly. And so I think that's that's something where, you know, you really those those little things and most people when they when they take a bite of a woody chicken breast, a lot of people might not even notice, you know, if they might not even notice at first, especially if they just don't think it's cooked terribly and it should, that, that's what they do usually think like, oh, my God, this yeah. is so overcooked. That's what, what we used to get is the chicken was so overcooked and gray, we could barely chew it, you know, and it, yes, just what it is. You know, it's what yep. that woody breast is. Now, now, one of the things that I wanted to, to chat with you about real quick was um, what advice, you know, you've grown up in, in restaurants. This is something that you've known from womb uh, to now. What, what do you think is something that most restaurateurs don't know or don't do? I mean, that's a good question. I don't know if, I, you know, there's a lot I don't know and, you know, a lot we could get better at. But, um, I, I mean... I would say that what I, uh, my answer is kind of that question, kind of not, I just, I don't think the general public realizes how hard it is to run and operate a restaurant. And you know, that's <laughs> what I, I'm most amazed by. And just the, the complete like lack of perception on, on the, the profitability of these places as well. You know, a lot of people have such like grandiose ideas on restaurants, but, but you know, you obviously love it if you do it for so long, but I mean, you know, something most restaurateurs I mean, something I see in New York is, and now it's kind of trendy to keep it simple, but so many, you know, the the biggest place in, in New York is this like Korean deli type concept that has everything. Whereas, you know, I'm all about keep it simple. You know, we want to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, I think I think keeping it simple is is a beautiful idea. I think of Gregory's Coffee um, yeah. and they they got rid of their donuts and their donuts. That was Gregory's grandma's recipe. And they right. got rid of it to simplify their menu. You talk about like an emotional thing to get rid of, totally. you know, and, and with avocado, right? It's like, okay, well now that's going to, that's going to decrease our ticket size, but right. you know, it's something that thought about, like, I've always wanted, cause we want to be a deli, right? We don't want to be a chicken place. We want to be a deli. And I've thought about getting rid of Turkey. You know, we sell a good amount. We sell some Turkey, but you know, if we just focused on chicken, how much better would our operation, you know, it, and we're not doing that today or tomorrow, but these are the things that we think about for sure. Um, yeah. Is is do we need this? And you know how does how does how does the business look without it? And yet, I mean, Gregory's cutting donuts. I'm sure so many people love the donuts, and they went in there like, oh my god, I can't believe you don't have the donuts now. But I bet you it was the best decision they ever made. Right? Simplify the operations, and I think trimming the fat is something that's really hard to do. Totally. And, uh, and I think that. You're absolutely right about the, you know, the difficulty of running a restaurant. I don't know how many people have come up to me, um, you know, over the last few years and been like, hey, so I want to open a restaurant. It's like, right. okay, cool. What experience do you have? None. Have you right. ever worked in a restaurant? No. 
what kind of margins are you expecting? I don't know, but I'm going to, I'm going to get the best ingredients, right. charge fast food prices and pay everyone a six figure salary. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> that is the, uh, you know, that's what everybody says before they start. <laughs> it's right? so funny. Um, so, you know, getting, what, what would you say? Someone that someone's listening today and they're like, I'm going to have 30% margins on my restaurant. What would you tell them are some like realistic zones to be looking for in terms of margins? You know, there are places that, that do have great margin. You know, there, there are ways to do it, but it, there's so many different factors and, you know, it's, where's the business? What are you selling? Um, you know, it, it, it varies so much and there's so many factors that go into this type of thing. And it's, it, it, you know, that, that's all, that's what I would say. Um, yeah. Is it just, it's, it's not, it's keep it simple, but it's not that simple. You know, nothing. Yeah, no, it, it, it's tough and it's a lot of work. And I have seen very few people be a passive restaurant owner. Well, like you've got to really, you've got right. to really put your, put your heart into it and put your totally. time. Into it. Totally. Um, totally. So what, one last uh, question before we jump into our, our regular podcast questions, innovation your satisfaction scores, and I hope you're okay with me sharing this, but they are 7% higher than most restaurants in our, in our system. I didn't know that. It's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you've got, you know, most, most people. And you don't know how many zeros we've gotten on there because of, because of delivery. So, I mean, that, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing that's, that's, that's crazy. And so it's like, all right, so you have such a high satisfaction rate. My, my question is, and tying into kind of the, the first main question to close out the podcast, is what is the most important aspect of guest experience nowadays? And why do you think you have such a high satisfaction rate compared to your peers? I mean, I think people love chicken cutlet. And I'll, I'll in terms of the satisfaction rate, it's we do make a very good chicken cutlet. And you put some good chicken cutlet with some good sauce. It's going to lead to a high satisfaction rate. But, um, you know, in terms of like how to do that it's it is so hard because especially with delivery pickup i mean a lot of people even if it's not delivery they're ordering pickup they're doing it online there are so many touch points that you have to get right from the ordering process has to you know if there's one like aggravation there people get people get flustered and stop whether they're walking into the store ordering online if they walk in the store and they don't know where the menu is they don't know where to order they get flustered and, and confused and it doesn't lead to bad things. So, so many touch points from ordering to then now we receive the order. We have to make it correctly. We have to make sure we read all the special instructions. We don't miss any sides, drinks, um, whatever. So then we got to get that correct. Then we either, then we got to get it to the customer correct. Now, if they're coming to pick it up, great. If they ordered in the store, great. We're usually pretty good about that. Um, but delivery is a whole other ball game. And, you know, there's so much out of our control. Um, and it's so tough that it's, you know, I love delivery because we were able to reach such a wide audience and it's such a big part of our business, but man, do I hate it. And people have such unrealistic expectations for delivery. And if there's anything wrong, the food is a little bit cold, free, they want a full refund, everything back, you know, and it's, it's very, it's it, it just, there's so many touch points. You have to focus on so many different things and there's so many ways to lose a customer, especially in New York city. Um, one, if they order first party and, and there's an issue with delivery, they're never going to order first party again. They're going to Grubhub, DoorDash, whatever. And then that's if they come back at all. There's so many options in New York City. And, you know, you open up Seamless, there's 2,000 restaurants to choose from. A lot of great brand names 
on there as well. You mess up once, you're probably not getting a second chance, which is so important. And we can do a lot better job. We got to, I mean, it's awesome that we have a great satisfaction rate. You know, I, I, was, I can't believe you're saying that because I, I focus so much on the bad ones and 